And um, one of the things that was happening was um, Washington was wet and cold and I was doing some big days and it was because there was just nothing to really um, stop and see and enjoy the ambiance and, and the vibe of the place when it was so cold and so wet. So um, in Oregon, uh, there was definitely lots to see in Oregon. It was always cold, but... Um, um, there was some elevation in it that sort of kept the days to a size. However, um, I, as I've previously said in one of the past um, episodes, that I didn't really do any rest days in Oregon. Um, and partly because sort of once you stop moving and stop using the, your leg muscles and your, your quads are providing a bit of uh, heat because of the exercise, um, you do start to cool down relatively quickly. I, I did have cold weather gear. But, um, you know, it was, it was um, a bit of a constant, uh, constantina effect of layering on, layering off, layering on, layering off anyways. So I didn't do a lot of rest or, or um, you know, some shorter days in, in Oregon. I, they tended to be of a medium or, or large sort of um, distance for the day. However, I said Monterey was a rest day, Morrow Bay was a rest day, and they were only a couple of days apart. I was definitely getting into the the warmer weather, the um, the um, sunshine um, and the, the the vibe and the feel and the landscape was just a little bit different. So I started doing some shorter days, and day thirty was definitely one of those shorter days. So I'd I'd left the um, uh, Lompoc uh, area where I just had that sneaky camp beside the highway and had that near-death experience of a penny of falling on my feet. Um, day 30, I, I jumped on the bike onto the hilly, windy sections and um, it was very foggy. The coast, I'm not sure how far away the coast was, but the, the wind was definitely pushing up and the atmospheric conditions made for a very foggy, hilly um, area. So... Um, I do have a, a dynamo in the front axle of my uh, touring bike and that dynamo goes up to a front and rear light. However, I can flick a switch and in the um, assembly for the front light, there's a USB port and I can then plug the a USB cable from that USB port into my phone or into a power bank and be charging my phone or charging a power bank as I'm um, pedaling along. However, in this foggy scenario, I definitely um, had it flipped to the, the light, so I was providing oncoming, um, to the oncoming traffic, I was providing a headlight, and to the traffic coming up behind me, I was um, showing a quite bright rear light. Um, my aim for the day was one of two campsites called uh, Refugio or El Capitan, and they were within a couple of miles of each other. And um, I had had a conversation with a an older couple 
um, at a viewpoint maybe um, along the way. And they, they raved about this El Capitan area and that the campgrounds are right next to the beach. And I couldn't remember if they said that Refugio or El Capitan was the better campsite. And they, but they talked about palm trees and um, right near the beach. And I've sort of looked on the map and both of them uh, were right near the beach. Uh, or the whole campgrounds was right up against the beach. Um, riding along to uh, Refugio and um, I dropped off the highway into the Refugio um, park entry and there was a sort of a kiosk with a uh, park attendant there and I asked him uh, whether there was hiker biker at the next site just to confirm and he said there was and so I thought okay well I'll do an extra couple of miles it's it's, it's a pretty short day if I stop at El, um, Refugio I'll go over to El Capitan and it did look bigger on the map so I thought okay we might have some more facilities and a, a smaller campground so I've gone the extra uh, couple of miles to El Capitan um, dropped off the height of the highway steep sort of drop onto the beach level and um, had a bit of a yak with the park attendant just talking about the career structure of park attendants at California State Park and she was a seasonal worker that um, pretty much she had another job, it was a main job, but um, for a bit of extra fun and for a few extra dollars, and she was an outdoorsy sort of person, she'd do this car, uh, California State Park attendee uh, or park attendance uh, scenario. Um, but um, paid the, the $10 for the hiker bike a night, and I was down at beach level with the, the park attendant, and she said, okay, well, you just go this road here on the right and just follow that and it'll eventually take you to the hiker biker. And that road that went to the right was actually going away from the beach and it gained all the height that I dropped off the, um, the freeway. So I'd sort of, along that freeway height, drop down to the park attendant, then get regained all that height to get back up to this the hiker biker side. And it was really tucked away from all the infrastructure of the park. There was a uh, relatively close um, toilet and shower block and I did avail myself of the um, shower that night. Uh, don't know why, as, as uh, the story goes on, but um, I was uh, very clean and, and um, smelling nice at one stage. Um, I, I had the shower um, sort of mid-afternoon and uh, had an opportunity to string up the hammock and um, curl up with my Kindle and um, just take in some of the ambience. And the actual camp, the hiker biker site, was on top of this this bit of a cliff that overlooked the beach. So it wasn't too bad. Like um, when I turned up there, it wasn't too bad. And there was some people that were doing yoga or setting themselves up to do some yoga or meditation on, on one of the um, sites near the cliff. And the, a, um, a lady suggested this particular campsite um, that I was I was looking at was the best out of the hiker biker area because of where the sun sets and and um, getting shade during the day and nice picnic table blah 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 blah, so I took her advice and did that. Um, Lays around the afternoon and uh, read my Kindle, uh, caught up on some you know uh, socials and blah blah blah, and then uh, the wind started picking up and it ended up turning into a gale force wind and. Uh, I did see at some stage on my phone strong wind warning, and I, 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 I'm not sure what how the American um, cell providers do it, but 
if you're in a, uh, a hanging off a cell tower, then they can push a message to your phone. So I wasn't sure that it turned up on an app or something. So I just really didn't give it a second thought, but it was strong wind warning. And it blew a gale. And what I ended up doing was use all of my pegs for my tent that I'd taken. And I'd previously only used four pegs and I was using now six pegs. I'd also found a couple of extra pegs and I was using them. And then it was sort of kept on um, strengthening in gusts and my bike was at risk of actually getting blown over from an upright state and uh, with the um, stand on. And I, um, I had the, the stand, the bike was leaning away from the wind. Um, so it was just that little bit harder to actually um, blow over, but it was still at risk of blowing over. So I took down my hammock, used one of the uh, tree hugger straps from my hammock to tie the bike to a tree and then I used some of my um, guy ropes to tie the tent to the actual bike just so, you know, um, nothing was going to um, get um, blown away by the wind. And uh, as I sort of said before, I was quite close to the edge of a, um, a cliff that went off to the beach. So anything, if my hat would have blown off, would have went straight over the cliff onto the beach. And, um, and it was a god-awful distance to get wend yourself back to the actual park entry to get to the beach and then along the beach to actually get to where whatever had blown off uh, to try and retrieve it or it got caught up in foliage halfway down the cliff. Okay, but it was blowing a gale. So eventually I thought, you know, it's no fun being outdoors in this and I've gone indoors um, into the tent. And what was actually happening was the... the um, the knoll or the, the top, the cliff that I was on was still a, a sandy surface and the wind was blowing with that such force that it was picking up sand within the grass and around the, the trees and on the uh, asphalt and that and it was moving that, that sand across the ground and where it hit my tent, it went under the flap and then the mesh of my tent acted like a bit of a, a further sieving mechanism so it was only the finest of fine grains would actually get through um, to the inside of my tent. So as I was lying there and reading, I was I, I could just feel things getting gritty around me. Um, one other thing I'll share here is that uh, a new habit that I've picked up during this um, bike touring is I slobber a little bit in my sleep. And um, what happened this particular night was when I would wake up to sort of roll over and, and uh, put pressure on the other side on the sleeping mat, um, I'd, I'd you know, get habitually now getting into this habit of sort of wiping the slobber off my cheek and off, off the, uh, the shoulder and that sort of stuff. And when I was doing that on this night that it was blowing a gale, you could actually feel like sandpaper on your, on your cheek and on your neck as this slobber had um, attracted all this very fine, gritty sand. And I, when I rolled over onto a new section of the, um, the pillow, I could actually feel the grit on the pillow, or, you know, the blow-up pillow. Um, next morning, there was... Everything was, that was in my tent had this fine layer of grit on it. Um, the, the phone screen, the, the Kindle case, um, the penny that I'd brought in with me... Um, my, my blanket, um, the wind had abated by the, um, sometime during the night, 
And so I was able to uh, get out of the tent and then give everything a good shake um, to, to uh, dislodge all this fine grain sand. But it was an event and something that I hadn't experienced before and I thought I'd share that with you. So that was day 30 and um, I left, and that was a short day, I left uh, El Capitan and I was heading for Santa Barbara. It was another short day. Um, I was heading for Carpentera or Carpentaria. I'm not sure how they pronounce that, but it, it looked like Carpentaria, um, hiker biker site. But as a part of that, I was um, traveling through Santa Barbara. When I looked at the map, I saw that Santa Barbara had a University of California Santa Barbara campus. And I had heard a number of people in, in movies and, and over life talked about university cities and university suburbs. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go and have a look at what this university suburb looks like. And it truly is, um, you know, uh, so many blocks of residential apartments for university students. And then the campus is sort of, you know, central to that, that suburb, but it's also quite spread out. Um, I went to a bagel and coffee shop uh, just to uh, top up as a mid-morning snack and sat there and watched all these cyclists going past um, of, of young people that were obviously university students. And then I sort of finished my coffee and bagel and, and sort of got into the um, university camper proper, uh, campus proper. And um, they've, they've definitely got a, a network of pedestrian footpaths and, and um, paths that lead to the different lecture theatres and um, public spaces and... Um, all the infrastructure for the uni students. But they've also got a, a full-on network of uh, bikeways that have roundabouts, um, they have painted lines on the road, on, on the track. Um, you know, Google Maps shows them as um, proper bike paths so that uh, when I um, said to Google Maps, I want to go from here to here, it actually led me through the bike paths of the university campus. Um, each, the lecture theatres, the main lecture theatres had a massive amount of uh, bike racks out the front and I, I saw a couple of students that were wheeling their bikes around the racks to find a spare space. There was hundreds and thousands of bikes, which was really you know, spectacular. Um, I suspect it's quite expensive for a student to park their car on the campus and you know the, the accommodation is a stone's throw from the actual lecture theatre, so it makes sense to actually... Um, you know, and with the the uh, less rainy weather of the Calif Southern Cal California, that it makes sense to use the uh, bikes and bikeways. Um, so that was really good. The other thing that I saw as I was coming out of that university campus was jacarandas, like, and they were coming into flower. So they, they just didn't seem as big as some of the um, jacarandas that you'd see around uh, Brisbane, and you know the beautiful deep uh, all the lilac purple uh, flowers and the, the but the light purple did seem intense like the Queensland jacarandas but um, the trees themselves didn't see as seem as big and I even traveled through some estates where the estate had made the the um, the footpath tree as a jacaranda so the estate was there and, and quite established but the the trees 
weren't the the sort of size that you'd see around some of the um uh, estates or, or or suburbs or parks of of um, Brisbane Queensland, but that was it was lovely to see and and I will sort of share that um when I saw the Jack Randers, I had a bit of pangs of of missing dear wife and um, home and and family and and my dog and my my area and my house and all that sort of stuff. So it, it seemed like you know thirty one days was was a while away from all those people. Um, and again, not sort of oversharing, but I've only spent um, at max about two weeks away from my dear wife uh, since we'd sort of known each other as young people. So um, you know, this thirty one days being away from home, it sort of and seeing those jacaranda trees was a bit of a um, uh, you know, sort of took me from uh, riding around you know like a, a fat boy in a candy shop. I was big eyes and and drooling over all these new things that I was experiencing. And then I saw those jacarandas and then the sort of the mood just plummeted a little bit but um kept on sort of pushing on and um those happy hormones um end up kicking back in and i was back to a state of euphoria and, and sort of being in the zone and enjoying myself on this bit of adventure going down south um as i was saying i was heading for carpentaria hiker bike uh, i i uh, the actual campgrounds was pretty much in the, the township itself um, and it was pushed right up against some dunes and, and some beautiful beach. Uh, when I pulled up there, I was a little bit early than what I wanted to be, just because it was a short day. So I, I sort of sat in amongst this um, sheltered uh, picnic area that they had and used one of the tables to start cooking um, some lunch. And there was a homeless guy there, but you know the only thing that, that when you looked at him, the only thing that you knew he was a homeless guy was um, he had a a pram that was um had a lot of his treasure his his possessions his his um things that he'd found and things that he needs to live his life on the street but um you sort of saw that and thought okay well that's the uh, the mark of a a homeless person but then you look at the guy and he was um sitting in a, a small foldable chair that looked quite comfortable he had a white panama hat on he had a cream uh, suit jacket and um, suit trousers that seemed very clean and, and um, you know, brilliantly cream. Um, and he was sitting on there uh, reading a book. So I um, had a bit of a chat with him and um, talked about his, his sort of life up and down the, the coast. And um, um, he had previously been in an area around Carpentaria that uh, was a, a, a building that was no longer being used and he was sort of sitting on the, the front steps of the building no longer being used but it was near other fast food outlets and um, other places of commerce and um, one of the other places of commerce or, or fast food um, outlets had reported him to the police as being trespassers on their property and um, said that he'd then moved from their property to this this disused building that it's likely that he'd return to their property so the Police turned up and gave him a bit of a move along. However, he he'd sort of hadn't been on any of these other properties, is what this um, the story that he told me. But he seemed like a you know quite articulate man, and um, it was it was nice to talk to. And we just sort of chatted for half an hour, forty five minutes, as I I prepared a lunchtime meal and um, ate the meal. And yeah, and um, he told me about a uh, red tail box kite that would be in a tree later in the afternoon he told me about some 
uh, blue herons that could be seen nesting in some trees, a couple over, and he also told me about a um, harbour seal viewing area that was a, a mile or so down the track. So on the, on the advice of this, this guy, I did go and check out the uh, uh, red, red-tailed hawk, uh, kite, whatever it was, and then um, the herons and then down to the harbour seals. So that was a, a pretty good evening, and I was later on um, at the hiker biker site joined by a guy that was, I think his name was Peter. He was he was um, checked in late. He was a electrician out of San Francisco. He was heading down north, a uh, section south, uh, travelling relatively light. Uh, had a bit of a chat, but he sort of retired to his tent. Um, he'd had a, a bigger day, and he was pre- preparing for a early morning uh, rise and leave. So he was off. I did um, also talk to the park attendants. There wasn't anywhere that I obviously could see that I could recharge anything. And they um, said that there was a, uh, when you come up to the visitor centre, which was only 30 metres away, if you actually, when you hit the door of the visitor centre, if you cut into the garden for about three metres, you'll see that there's a pole that's not obvious, but there's an electrical point on that one. So I was able to go up and um, on the advice of the park attendants um, plug in a um, power supply or some power bank and um, top that up for the day. Um, so, yeah, hiker bike was good. Um, and that was day 31. So we're up to 21 minutes. So I've sort of rattled on a bit. So what I'll do is I'll stop there. And before you know it, I'll start talking about day 32. Until then...